I'm going to have to be taking your car today. See, I have some top-secret clown business that supersedes any plans that you might have for this here vehicle. Let me ask you one question. Are you having fun here? Oh, God. <laughs> I made you some breakfast. Where'd you put that? I hope I give you the shits of the fucking women. Those aren't your grandparents. I have seen weird things come, and I have seen weird things go. Aliens are taking over the Earth. This may be hard for you to understand, but there is no conspiracy. Princess, tell me what happened on Christmas 22 years ago in Lowell. These are toxic chemicals, and the regulations state that. Pour them right down the drain, Mr. Kim. I'm on an emergency. <laughs> we need some help. Some people are coming. Ooh, nice, Tomo. Thank you. Ooh, scary. Ooh, Halloween. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that that was an intro from Tomo, as always. Thank you, Tomo. That Halloween. Stuff. It's literally Halloween. This is going out on Halloween Day 2022. Whoa. Halloween. All right. And we're back. Yeah. How long has it been, Alan? Five, five? months i think mm, yeah we're back for first halloween special. we're back for season two of diminishing <laughs> returns <laughs> this is a one episode series but so uh what who's that voice in the background there talking to us i thought it's you alan isn't it <laughs> no that that's calvin <laughs> oh, oh shit right, yes. <laughs> oh calvin no. welcome back yes hello yeah. thank you for having me back it's lovely to be back yeah. i thought you were doing some a bit there alan i thought you were gonna do like a pazuzu no i was doing something. a introducing thought, calvin bit <laughs> yeah i thought we we're gonna do uh, we're gonna have to exercise the ghost of calvin calvin aren't you canonically a ghost on this podcast didn't you die at some point <laughs> that might be right actually yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so has anything happened while we've been gone not really. No. Calvin got quite upset. He thought he was going to get a five percent tax cut, and then they took it back. He was quite upset about that. <laughs> Bastards! <laughs> <laughs> I voted for Liz for nothing. No, I didn't. I'm not. A, I'm not a member of the Conservative Party. <laughs> Just to make that clear, I haven't watched any films in ages. I don't feel like there's nothing. In- good coming out at the moment is that just i was gonna i was gonna do a triple bill at the cinema today and then i realized i needed to watch the exorcist why so so i couldn't go i was really annoyed why do you want to watch the exorcist (sighs) it's the film we're doing today alan for the halloween special this is a halloween special of diminishing returns it's also the start of season Mm. two of diminishing returns our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash dim returns our patreon subscribers they voted for what film we were going to do they couldn't decide between an American werewolf and the exorcist, so we just... Calvin just picked. We couldn't be bothered doing a tiebreaker. I just said, Calvin, just choose one of them. Mm. And he wanted so to do the awful. exorcist. Well, I, I've been wanting to re-watch this for some time now, uh, partly because I, I've never gotten around to watching the sequels, uh, so this was my excuse to re-watch the first one. Uh, and I think we're going to have more to talk about here i feel like we might be perhaps opposed in some things i have no idea which way alan's gonna go on (laughs) on this film which is kind of exciting uh and also just the history of the film there's two different cuts out there i'm curious to know which you guys watched for this see i watched this film a while ago and i rewatched it a while ago and today was my third watch and i i went and found a copy online um 
And there was a whole bit where she was like stabbing a crucifix into her vagina and it was getting all bloody. And I was like, oh, that's, um, I don't remember that. So is that a director's cut that I was watching today? Oh, no, no, that's, that's a classic in the actual cut. Is it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I must have just blacked but... out from fear the first two times I watched it. <laughs> so was there a bit in yours where she like runs down the stairs backwards? Oh, that's the bit, isn't it? Yeah. That was in the version I watched, and they also had a bit at the end where the uh, priest and the detective have a little Casablanca beautiful friendship moment at the end. Mm. Well, it was fucking long, whatever I watched today, so it makes sense. <laughs> <that> it, was <laughs> that it was a long one, yeah. I watched uh, both of them for this because I, I was Ooh. kind of curious because there there are some like the spider walk scene as it's known and the ending are the two I think most noticeable changes otherwise it's like little bits of dialogue here and there but mm. weirdly enough on the director's cut he went Ugh. back in and spliced in like almost subliminal uh, images like the face oh, of the demon not... in a, a couple of is that places. not in the theatrical cut either no in some. Uh, uh, like sorry sorry there are some of those oh, but okay. he like threw in a few more yeah. in quite random places there Do was you know, one on, like um, the oven uh you know hood yeah, uh, yeah. when Bernstein turns around which is quite odd so the exorcist it's an absolute mm. classic piece of cinema i didn't realize until i looked up just now it's on imdb's top 250 films of all time which i find mm. astonishing frankly not to give away my thoughts um <laughs> Now, I have I spoken about William Friedkin on our show before? Uh, I don't, don't know. No, I mean I've been pushing for us to do cruising on Valentine's Day for <laughs> years now. Is that uh, his? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So William Friedkin, of course, is the director of The Exorcist. He is considered one of the big like directors of the nineteen seventies. I think who was part of that wave of like proper yeah. cinema. Um, and I hate him. <laughs> and I feel like I've brought it up mm. once or twice before. I cannot stand him. And I don't mean like I don't like his films. I mean I don't like him as a person. Like he he he, he does my head in. But that's it. That that new wave of in in Hollywood in the 70s was you know pretentious film twats basically. That's that's He is a pretentious that's, twat. That's I can't yeah. stand him. He so if anyone ever listens to the Directors Guild podcast, they get people like, you know, They'll get uh, George Lucas to interview Steven Spielberg about his new film. They'll do stuff like that. So inevitably, William Friedkin has like interviewed a number of people about their new film on the podcast, and he's insufferable. Every time he does it, the questions he asks, he like he'll like talk about a film and sort of be like, "What?" So this bit at the end that uh, that was clearly about this. What, what was that? You know? And then they'll go like oh, well, actually, I wanted it to be ambiguous. In my head, it was more that this was happening. Oh, yeah, 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 well, I knew that, I knew that. It was just, he's just like a dick. I think he's on, um, Calvin, did they make, like, a Clockwork Orange documentary on one of the Blu-rays that he's in, and he talks about the film there? Oh, he might well do have done. Uh, he does pop up on a lot of those kinds. Of, I'm sure he's on a couple of Hitchcock documentaries and, yeah. you know, with filmmakers talking about filmmakers, exactly as you say. Yeah. Well, I feel like he doesn't really make films anymore. He just, like, mills around talking about classic cinema and why it's so good. Well, he's probably about 80 um, by now. Yeah, yeah. He's still very active in that DGA circuit, though. Um, but I just, I don't like him. And I hate the French connection. I think it's shit. And, uh... Well, the, the thing is, right? I that that whole kind of new waves Hollywood seventies. I I do like that. It's sort of slow and boring, and <laughs> nothing much happens. And I want to, like but it. they're well made, you know. And I 
I yeah, exactly. I do like it despite it sounds I'm being negative. Um I like it when it's done well, you know, I like um the conversation, for example. Uh yeah, okay. So I watched The Exorcist, of course. Uh I haven't seen it for years and there was obviously loads of bits that I was like, Oh yeah, I've seen that scene, I've seen that clip, whatever. But there was quite a lot in there that made me go, I don't remember this bit at all. And Yeah. I will but let me put my cards on the table here. I did enjoy it, despite uh, some failings, a lack of structure, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, not much of a coherent structure, but um, uh, yeah. I, I, in general, I was I was on board. I enjoyed it. I think I can't like I don't hate the film because um, I feel like I'm going to be playing negative Nancy on on this <laughs> episode. Um, I don't hate it. I used to have, I think, a bit more of a respect for it than I did. Uh, having to watch it today when I wasn't really in the mood. Um, but I do think it's very flawed. Um, and I think a lot of what I like about it is how inarguably it was, you know, influential, uh, like, directly upon The Evil Dead, for example. Some of my favourite films clearly took a lot from The Exorcist, so I have to give it some degree of uh, acknowledgement, I suppose. I feel like we're going to be on quite a similar page here, Sol, because I, I much like you, I, I you know, I, I think it's the the film has clearly influenced so much mm. of its genre. I mean, any kind of just family move to a house and a demon possesses mm. someone or is just living there, or yeah, exactly. I mean, it's. Well, I think um, I mean, Poltergeist was a one-to-one ripoff of a Twilight Zone episode, which predated The Exorcist by about twenty uh-huh. years. <laughs> well, I know, and like, and Rosemary's Baby was out before this as well. It's yeah. the, the, the stuff that came before. I was um, interested, Alan. Just, I just want to go back to Alan's um, point on the the looseness of the structure. Because oh, uh, that's I what think did that... my head in today. That's why I'm in a bit of a bad mood. I, I used to have more <laughs> well, of a I... respect. Like, of course, The Exorcist's okay, even if I don't really like it. But it was the structure today where I was like, oh my god, it's just they just keep well, like, th- introducing new elements, but then it's not like escalating anything. It's just like, oh, now the demons like gonna pretend to be his mum for a bit alright well a lot of that I think comes from Friedkin's directive to because the the film uh, the screenplay is written by William Peter Blatty who also wrote the book he also produced the film and apparently when he first handed in his first version of the screenplay, it was, you know, an adaptation of the book mm. for the screen. Friedkin's direction was, no, we're going to do the book exactly as it is and just put it on screen, which is why you have things that... There are a couple of moments where characters die which aren't shown on screen, mm. which it's very frustrating because it's like, wait a minute, that, that guy's like a relatively main character here. And you have just killed him off screen, and there's just a, a few things that oh yeah maybe if there was like a studio note here or yeah. there you might have addressed that. Yeah, I think was, even even moments where characters are shown dying on screen, there's something about it that's just not remotely impactful. It's like it's not and climactic. And I, and I, like yeah, and I think it's I th- well, there's one death in particular that is obviously the climax of the film, and it's a big moment, and it's just played so. I guess of that 1970s matter-of-fact, you know, we're we're just capturing real-life, like, attitude. 
Well, it was a documentary style, like Friedkin had made documentaries, and and that was... Uh, yeah, that was part of the the style of the time, I suppose. That yeah, matter of fact, I, I don't care for it at all. <laughs> okay, so there's there's a character called Burke who is a film director who yeah is killed by the demon in a completely off screen and in a scene that is not set up in any way. We just sort of get the consequence of it, and we don't mm. see anything of it. It's a really weird thing. Um, but the actor who played Jack McGowan died um during production i'm not sure what the timings were but i thought that might be something to do with it isn't this one of those cursed film bullshit like things because people died during the production isn't that one of them oh yeah they they make a big thing out of it i watched a lot of the behind the scenes stuff on the um on the blu-ray and he he actually died or the information on that documentary was that he died after filming had wrapped like okay i I was trying to give them benefit of doubt why that seemed that worked so badly because he wasn't yeah, available. Yeah, but that, that's, ex- that, that's exactly a moment that, you know, didn't work for me either, because you kind of forget who the guy even really is, they, I, and he's a presence. I, honestly, I literally rewound it ten minutes to rewatch because I thought I'd missed something. I had to go yeah. back and figure out who the Burke character was, because they just said his yeah. name, and I was like, who the fuck's that? And <laughs> then I, w- I went back to go, okay, they must have set this up, and I've missed something. And like, no, no, they didn't do it at all. Isn't it astonishing, right? Like, The Exorcist, I feel like its reputation has waned somewhat in recent years, but certainly for a time, this was the go-to, like, trope of scariest film ever made. Because when it Mm. came out, people apparently lost their fucking minds and were like fainting in cinemas and shit. And I don't know how much of that's just, you know, Well, I'll tell you what, right? I think there was... there was some bits where it did, you know, it had an impact. I, I got it. And there was bits, you know, they go to a great deal of effort to set up this happy, friendly little girl at the beginning. And it's all fun. And they have this lovely relationship. So it when it turns and there's something about a child corrupted by evil, like this kind of the, the, the demonic sense coming from this innocent mm. vessel, which, you know, you get in something like Children of the Corn just seems like a, a joke, but... But, I, but I, I'll say that the start of Children of the Corn, for my money, is far more disturbing and unsettling than anything in this film, personally. I know it came a good ten years later, but I, I don't know, I never really got that the girl was that sweet, and like I don't feel like the film did spend enough time establishing her um, before corrupting her. And then, I don't feel like she's really... She's corrupted in, like... <sighs> It's like you're han- handling like a a really bratty like fifteen year old boy who's like come off an estate. Do you know what well, I mean? That's, it, that's like, the, but it, that's he constantly the point, isn't it? Like just the whole... like fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, the... and you cunt, you cunting cunt, you cunt shit. Cunt. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna ah yeah. li- oh, lick your cunt, stick your dick in your in my ear, you piece of shit. That is that like, is right. So I, what it's I like scary. About it, what I liked about the film in general, and why I like kind of the first sort of three quarters of the film. Is that they're playing up to this idea that it's it's there's nothing demonic about it. It's not that. It's just it's you know it's a a young girl having like a schizotic episode or something like. And yeah. and the mother says, "Oh no, the bed was shaking." Like, yeah, the bed wasn't shaking. Love, okay, it was just like she was moving around. <laughs> and yeah, and I like all that stuff, and I like how much they play into that. How much even the priests yeah. are going like, well, obviously they're not possession. That's stupid. So the fact that it does turn out to be a demon is kind of a bit annoying, but okay, it's a horror film. But yes, I agree with you that 
the actual demonic ed- entity is it's just someone who might have Tourette's yeah. <laughs> and is just a, saying whatever seems where... inappropriate. Like, oh, stick up your ass, your mother. It's like Johnny Rotten on, like, <laughs> I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And he, he called Anton Decker a cunts because they did a trick. And they were like, oh, come on, Johnny man. Come on. That's not... They got really upset with him, but it's like that. It's not scary. There's yeah, a bit they, in particular they need, they where need they... need to be more hard-hitting. But it's like, it's that and... Although her head turns around, and, and any of that stuff, it just it's just a little bit too cartoony for me. Yeah, like walking and down I, the stairs and all that. And I get how like maybe the first time it's shocking, but they 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 go back to that bag of tricks a couple of times. It's like all right. Um, there's one scene in particular where the priest sits down with you know the possessed demon girl, and she's all restrained, and they just have a chat, and and he's just yeah. sort of like, oh, so what's it like in hell? And she's like, ah, left chap, and he's like, well, okay, and then she like pulls open the 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 uh, drawer of the chest of drawers with her mind and he's like oh do that again no <laughs> do it again and it's just like I d- <laughs> yeah, not, and he goes like, he goes why don't you break your bonds if that's if you're such a great demon he's like no I could if I wanted to but I'm <laughs> I not. could if I wanted but that'd be too that'd be too uh, that'd be a vulgar display of power <laughs> I believe the line but that's that it's based it's obviously be- I don't know what William Peter Blatty did but it's obviously based on these concepts of possessions that people have and yeah. it's you and it's just someone who is yeah having like a mental breakdown and or someone uh, like a teenager who's playing up to something and kind of yeah. just making shit up on the fly and it's amazing when you actually look into them how crap and unconvincing they are um yeah but... well look, look, i'd like to refer our audience back to our episode on the conjuring i think we talk about this at length when they do the bill 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 bit in the conjuring too um, it's another great example of th- what you're saying, where it's just kids fucking about and a load of adults who inexplicably buy into it. But the point is, this is like a horror film, and it and I'm not even like opposed to a film where people like trap a demon in someone's body and have a conversation about the logistics of possession with them. I just don't think that's scary. Um, you know, mm. I I well, feel like it- Evil Dead. I think does a bit of that in the tv series at one point when they get to the point of lucy lawless like as a you know badass demon killer but it is a comedy (laughs) you know it's like it kind of makes sense that they can like try and get information out of a demon by like threatening it you know it's it's just not Mm. i don't know like there's something to be said for the fear of the unknown i think when the more tangible you make it the more you bring it down to the level of well if this was real you would just be able to like sit and chat <laughs> it's like right well it's not that scary an entity if all it can do is like sit there yelling at you and swearing at you it's mm. like right well we, we're obviously winning if that's all you can do i agree that it, i don't think it's very scary i think that some of the stuff like, it will certainly have been shocking when it came out in the 70s. And I think some of the stuff, like, when she's, like, masturbating with that crucifix and she, like, shoves her own mum in a crotch. Uh, I'm just, like, I'm I... just going to have to pick you up on that, Calvin, because I've heard people say that, um, yo, the masturbating with the crucifix. If that's what you think masturbating is, then you've got a well, problem. Well, that is that's what, sh- that's what they refer to the, the scene. I was going to say, that's, that's, that's not... Uh, <laughs> I didn't take it as... I took it as self 
mutilation, oh. if anything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, they they call it the masturbation scene yeah, when sick, referring to it in the people on the internet. Really. I'm sure William Friedkin <laughs> does, but I don't like him and I don't care for <laughs> any of his opinions on anything. Um, My point is though that yeah, I do yeah, think yeah. that, well, some it's of that a sexual stuff, even by today's so standards, right. is quite shocking. I think if you were to yeah. see something like that in a film, it's shocking now, certainly, but it's shocking in a kind of oh bloody hell, I can't believe they're showing that. Not in a oh yeah oh I'm unnerved or disturbed or scared like and i don't know you know maybe my gauge on what's legitimately scary is totally off i went to see that new movie smile uh recently when it came out and Mm. for my money it's one of the scariest films i've ever seen and and that that's completely like Mm. thrown my concept of what's scary like out of whack because it's like this really mainstream crass commercial film it's (laughs) like mm, if that's really scary then Maybe my scary perceptor is like <laughs> broken. <laughs> Maybe I don't know what is scary. Hey, Calvin uh, used to have a scary smile, but they uh, got it fixed. <laughs> Invisalign. <laughs> oh. oh, that's mean. <laughs> God, Alan, you're like you. Are you possessed by a demon, Alan? Because that's the sort of comment that <laughs> the little girl was that's making. A... In this oh, look at your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Just while we're on the scariness of the film, uh, like, this was the only film... My parents were quite liberal when I was, like, growing up as to, like, what films I watched. They generally didn't give a shit. This was the only film that my mum was, like, when I was, like, getting into films when I was, like, 11, 12, 13, she made a point of, like, you will not watch that until you are 18. Yeah, because this is what I mean. I built this up in my head. It had a reputation. Oh, my God. Like, well, yeah, because, I mean, she'll have been, you know, a teenager when it came out in the 70s, and it was one of the highest grossing films of all time everyone saw this and knew Mm. about it so i guess it has that reputation but by the time i did eventually get around to watching it that i was like 20 i think you see so much other stuff that has obviously been influenced by this and it's like oh this seems kind of tame in comparison yeah for the most part absolutely i um but i know what you mean like my my mum was like that with um the blair witch project and Bit, you know, the, the big main... Oh, Child's Play 3, because the Daily Mail wrote an article Child- about how it, Jamie Bolger's killers uh, <laughs> oh, watched it. Oh, right. Uh, they were the ones that, like, my mum, you know, thinks, oh, they're too scary for, for kids. She, well, maybe she was genuinely worried you might kill a child. <laughs> <laughs> um, I could point to films that are, like doing the same sort of stuff that's in this film, doing it better, I would argue, from before this film was made. But they didn't achieve the same degree of mainstream success. And I think that's a big part of it. Mm. Um, it, it mm. This one's just mainstream enough to kind of have... You know, it's, it's, it's like Smile is mainstream, but, you know, Japanese ghost movie Pulse, which is arguably terrifying is you know relatively obscure on the world scene mm. um it, it's mm. all about how how far it can travel while still being very scary i guess um but i do yeah. think like it's remarkable how much sam raimi camera work is in this film um mm. but then again like it doesn't tonally make any sense in this film it doesn't fit in this film it's kind of there was a bit of camera self-conscious camera movement that i don't particularly care for but yeah i I don't think it really works here as much as i love raimi um i was watching um wherever i found it but it was a very good quality kind of um 
copy of the film. You know, it was really nice, and I it, it really felt like it hadn't. It didn't feel dated. It didn't feel like, oh, God, this is all so 70s. I feel like this could have been made in the 90s easily. or mm. you know. Just... I think the pacing is incredibly of the 70s. Yes, I think yes, that's the giveaway. But I quite like that. I'm all right with that. Let, let me ask you a question. I think, Calvin, you might know, you've watched all the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. So that film director character mm. who dies, is that supposed to be Roman Polanski? Oh, right. Because uh, he's kind of this li- little kind of... There is a vibe of, of him, isn't there? He's putting yeah. on a European... The guy's Irish, the actor. He's putting on a European accent and kind of slagging off the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm presuming he's supposed to be Jewish. But um, um, Yeah, you'd have to be Jewish to take issue with the Nazis. Everyone else loves him. <laughs> well, mate, in the 40s, <laughs> that character felt like this petulant European director. And, and then... Mm. We don't know exactly what happened, but he's left alone with a 12-year-old child, goes into a bedroom, and mm. does something that m- gets him killed. Uh, so mm. I'm just, I don't know, I was just uh, <laughs> maybe reading too much into that. It It's a very weird tangent that, like, that there is a story behind that that they just don't even touch upon, which is weird, I think. Uh, mm. How that character ends up in that room. like Because I think the last time we see him in the film... Um, Ellen Bur- Bernstein's. Drunk. Yeah, he's just like been very unpleasant with her, like butler or whatever he is, and he gets chucked out for being too drunk, and then we don't see him again, and here he's dead, and that's that. Yeah, and the and the um, other woman who lives in the house, she's just like, oh, he was the only one here. I had to go to the pharmacist, so I just left him in charge of the child. Yeah, even though he's not allowed out of Switzerland now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, fun fact: um, uh, the actor Jack McGarren. Uh, I did a stage combat course with his daughter a couple of years. Oh, really? Ago. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> did she give you any behind-the-scenes uh, in- intel? No, I didn't even know. I mean, I didn't recognize the name or anything. And she—it's just because I've got her on Facebook and she's mentioned it a couple of times, like she's talked about it. So. But she she must have been very young when he died because she wasn't that old. I was going to say, yeah, because he died not long after filming of this, so, like, 1973, I guess. Yeah, uh, she she was, yeah. I, I don't... I wouldn't have said she was 50, so... Yeah. Um, Ellen Bernstein is uh, an interesting character to... I, I think she's the lead. I mean, she was the one nominated for Best Actress for this, and mm-hmm. uh, I... the uh, To make that character quite a liberal, you know, cosmopolitan actress of some repute, I thought was an interesting choice. Uh, I think your go-to would just be to, like, make this a everyday kind of family. I find it quite strange that she's a celebrity, really, but nothing much comes as a result of that. Yeah, there's just a nice scene where the um, guy asks for her autograph and does the whole... Mm. Oh, my daughter's a big fan. Would you would you do an autograph? Oh, what's her name? Oh, who's that for me? <laughs> it's a nice little moment. I did think that she was really good in it, though. Like it, it, it is for me the performances that do kind of elevate it above mm. what is relatively rote mm. sort of demon real horror stuff at this point. Uh, vibe to it all, yeah. Yeah, mm. I like that kind of acting. Yeah. And Linda Blair's fantastic as well. I couldn't believe like how much of that stuff she was actually doing herself. Oscar nominee. Yeah. Yeah, I think 13 years old. I should clarify for this performance. Um whole that was a whole thing, wasn't it? Uh what that she got nominated. Yeah, cuz it cuz her voice is dubbed, but the 
the well parts, but the right the possessed demon voice is is dubbed in, um, yeah. and the the possessed demon voice was uncredited, and it was a whole like controversy at the Oscars apparently that like they didn't yeah. realize that she'd like dubbed the voice in even though it's clear to just fucking watch the film. Say <laughs> <laughs> God, come on, yeah. Yeah. But but apparently yeah. the original actor had to like end up suing Warner Brothers to get credit uh as the voice mm. of the, the demon. Um, That's your old additional mm. voices bit though, isn't it? You come in, you do your two hours in the studio and you, you Well allegedly she according to William Friedkin, she originally didn't want to be credited because she wanted to keep the uh fear alive, scare people more. Ooh. Oh, but I don't know how much to believe that. Well, can I can I ask Calvin? Um, Jason Miller, who is other potential lead, definitely the one with an emotional journey. Um, yeah. Father Karras. Hmm. Who the hell is he? Yes. I've never <laughs> seen him in anything else. Uh, who is that? William Friedkin, uh, I think I'm remembering this right. He saw him in a play in New York, oh. and uh, I think he already had some some kind of connection to the church, or he was a Christian or something like that. Because I think William Friedkin, you know, sort of thinking in a documentary, uh, from a documentary standpoint, wanted to get a priest that could act. Mm. Well, I know there's a couple uh, of priests in there, and the Father Dyer, he's a yeah. real priest. And does a yeah. damn fine bit of acting for their mm. say so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he certainly wanted. I think like the studio were pushing, so you know, Jack Nicholson type of stars, but Friedkin wanted uh, well, someone a bit more anonymous. Specifically, Nicholson wasn't it at one point? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. But I like it. I think, and it, and it again, it falls into that what was happening at the time in in this little particular wave of cinema, that much more naturalistic style. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, like uh, the. An actor that is the character because you'd never seen him in anything else. There's kind of no, there's no compromise there. Well, actually, um, Alan, mm. um, this may have been his first film, but he did go on to star in The Exorcist Three. So oh, yeah. uh, well, I can tell you've not seen. Oh, that did he? One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I say star. Um, I'm being clear. He had a, he had a, he had a small uh, yeah. cameo type role, I believe. Well. Hmm. He's fourth build, actually. Uh, it's been a while since I watched it. <laughs> but it's interesting, Alan, that you uh, I, I cited he he's the one with an arc here, and I do agree. I think it becomes yeah. his film, and I think Absolutely. if you weren't straight, you know, just trying to adapt a novel like completely faithfully, you know, page to screen, you would finesse things a bit to make it more his mm. film. Absolutely. You would open on a scene with him instead of an excavation in Iraq. Um, yeah, with a character you don't see again for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who is the title character? Like, Max von Sydow is the exorcist. Yeah. He's on the poster. He's that character. It's, it's bizarre to me that he's, like, hardly in this, and he doesn't do all that much when he does show up. He did another character that dies off screen yeah, even in the end even at the obviously he's a big part of the climactic you know third act but mm. even that he doesn't like it could very easily rewrite that so that father Karras does all that like there's no reason to yeah. have him and he he has to stand up to this demon and kind of face his mother as fears of his mother mm. or whatever it is so yeah weird very weird that it's just bringing yeah. this other guy I or, or you bring in it... another guy 
and he gets killed. And so then Karis has to stand up and... Which I guess is what happens, but, you know, in a bit more of a structured sense. Isn't all that yes, mother yeah. stuff really, like... Maybe in 1973 <laughs> that was also, yeah. you know, unexpected and shocking. I knew you were going to... Well, uh, you've not been nitpicky so far, but I thought I would. I was wondering what you would make of the rules of this particular demon and what it can and can't do. Uh, and It's the, inconsistent, the... but demons are inconsistent by their very nature aren't they it's fine it's that thing where like it knows the voice to replicate but it doesn't know the name of the person (laughs) or you know details about the person like he says at one point do you know my mother's maiden name or something and it freaks out because it doesn't know and it's you could replicate its voice perfectly i don't know but that's why i liked about like tying into that whole idea of you know these are actually just people who are going a bit mental or people who are faking it mm. because they're just doing cold reading on you okay but and that's so if not... you actually try and pin them down they've got no answer you know that's but that's not in the yeah. film alan that's not like yeah in film it's actually a demon so yeah. i don't know how that works it's just a demon um, who can overhear things every now and then but if we want to get mm. if we want to get nitpicky then you know obviously the demon can like move a chest of drawers around a room with the power of its mind every now and then, but mm. like it never just like picks up a guy and throws him out the window with the power of telekinesis or like just picks up a knife and stab. You know what I mean? It's very um, I don't know. Yeah, if, it, if it really it, wanted it, to do some damage, then it it probably that's it. Could and you do never you never really get the idea that it's it's just fucking with him. Like it could at any point just like snap your head off. Yeah. Is, is too mischievous for that. That's it. I think he, that would play well, but it always kind of seems like the demon is frustrated at the fact that it's being made, you know, also, impotent th- in a sense by there, being tied there must down. Be, maybe it's just an, a tired thing, like because it opens that drawer just to try and prove a point, and the guy's just like, "What? Well, you can open a drawer? I'm supposed to be impressed." <laughs> and then it's just like, "Oh, I'm a bit knackered now. I can't do it again." <laughs> so maybe it's just like. <laughs> it's like anyone you know you got to you need to but even that even that plays like a naughty kid who's been told to go to bed because it's like the most minor (laughs) it's not like (laughs) later on it smashes the door like down the middle and snap like makes a crease appear and it's like all right that's kind of impressive that's like a good show of force that was under great duress though wasn't it you know that's when it's being it's being compelled by the power of christ and you know it's freaking out Get unnaturally mm, strong water. in those moments. Mm, I guess so. Do we have to like it's again? I, I mean, I think it's the style of the time, but they say the power of Christ compels you like forty times in a row. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, we get it. Yeah, but they said that this guy's done a, an exorcism before and it took months. And then he, they do this whole bit, and then he's like, "Oh, let's go and have a rest. We'll start again tomorrow." It's like this is they just do this every day. For months. <laughs> yeah, he's, always, he's, <laughs> he's come out there. He doesn't want it to be over too soon. He's probably paid by the day. <laughs> yes. Hey, do you know what? I never knew. I assume is not just made up for this film. How oh, he's part the... of the church, isn't he? He won't be getting paid by the day. He'll get like a nice per diem. He's got a cushy yeah, thing oh, when you he's got a, business. Yeah, I'll pay him for the hotel or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. how come, since when did the Catholic Church... You know, getting their Care priests about trained as archaeologists and psychiatrists. Like, I thought they just went to <laughs> churches and sort of went, hey, God's great, isn't it? When, why are they inveigling themselves into art and science? You probably have a lot of extra time, I guess, to 
pursue these other things. Like even uh, Father Karras is Doctor Father Karras or Father Doctor Karras or something. Well, that's what he, he said. Like... She says, "Why is a psychiatrist a priest?" And he says, "It was the other way around. They paid for my my uh, medical studies." But yeah. when I mean, going way back to like the dawn of science, weren't a lot of scientists like clergymen to begin with because they were people who didn't have to toil in the fields and had a lot of free time <laughs> to just fuck about basically like what it was pretty much your aristocracy and your 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 like yeah but not in the God, 70s wasn't it? no but <laughs> uh, maybe there's precedent, is what maybe saying, there's yeah. a tradition within catholicism that stems down from that of you know but i'm just saying if i was at an architectural dig in iran and a priest turned up i'd be like what <laughs> why <laughs> well they they Can certainly in the it? 70s had a lot of money to piss about with and i just um, didn't know i mean obviously that's what they're playing at but it, I didn't it's know about that. it's a good way to get your you know get your claws into people you just insert a little priest here and he'll go yeah but then oh, it what, becomes you, like what you like music too i like music did you know music was uh a way you can worship god you know you just get them there so that <laughs> oh, when people are yeah. <laughs> vulnerable they can pounce yeah but that's mm. it's um it just seems weird like I, I i just didn't know i thought priests just hung around in churches and that i think typically mm. they do i honestly i, I think mean, you I... can take max von cedo out of this film <laughs> like quite easily Refilm, oh, yeah. refilm the end stuff with Father Karras, maybe the mother yeah, in there as totally. well for that emotional engagement. Streamline it, I'm totally with you. Uh, but I do like the little buddy cop, like, you know, this is the start of a beautiful... Do you want to go to the cinema? <laughs> uh, not really, I'm not, oh, I'm yeah, not into let... movies. Oh, I just want to hang out then. Cool. It was just a pretense. Yeah, yeah, I'll hang out. Oh, I like, cool. I liked the detective, Lee J. Cobb is uh, the detective, whatever he is. Um... I really like that character, sort of like a proto Columbo, um, just kind of mm. needling people, and, uh, trying to get information out of them. Just I know, wanted uh, more of those two, if I'm honest. I I would restructure the whole film to be about their budding friendship, like really go in <laughs> on that. They should remake this film with Seth Rogen, and <laughs> you're not allowed James Franco anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, J J. Barrell or whatever he's called, that one. Barrel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They should do them. Mm. Well, that that character, uh, that scene, you know, going to the cinema together or whatever, isn't in the theatrical version. It's just that other uh, father yeah, just goes and looks end, at the steps he, and then walks off. Yeah, he but he tries that on with Karras as earlier, doesn't he? He's like, oh, should we, do you want yes. to go out? Get yes, he does. Desperate for friends. Yeah, he's <laughs> an interesting character. Sort of, I feel like he connects some dots for Ellen Bernstein. Uh, I think he's the one that sort of gives her the impetus to get an exorcism, right? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I can't remember no, no, exactly. She's meeting with a bunch of psychiatrists, and they say, "Look, oh, yes. we're not sure what it is. Have we tried exorcism?" Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> yes. That's, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're quite right. I feel like he does do something that makes her. <laughs> do something else though like i feel like that's his primary purpose because otherwise he is i don't know I just, oh no i, I think... think oh no i think he's yes because he comes in with all of the details about what happened to burke and how his head was twisted around yeah. and how it must have been a man that did it did it and um, oh he, i think that's yeah. what convinces her that oh shit this is like yeah she physically could not my daughter could physically not have done that there must be some like 
yeah. supernatural force but at work I, here. I mean, I like the character, but again, streamline this. Spielberg would have had that character out. He wouldn't have messed about with that. He would have got this down. Mm. Mm. Or make yeah. something more of it, you know, make that, you know, bring him in. Because that goes yeah. nowhere. None of that goes anywhere. Yeah, it, it's odd how many sort of loose tangents there are. And I guess I've not read the book, but maybe it, it kind of works as a book, I suppose. But And then you've yeah. got the other people living in the house and they just don't, they don't add enough to justify them being there. You know, there's the old Nazi, or he's accused of being a Nazi. Yeah. And he's just going around like, there's no rats in this in the attic. And <laughs> and then there's a, there's a younger woman there, I guess is like, an au pair type thing, is she? I think so. Yeah, I guess she's there to babysit, basically, and teach while... Or, you know, just Ellen leave the child at work. stranger. <laughs> well, I, I, I took her as kind of like maybe a PA, uh, like entourage kind of thing yeah. for this actress. You know, she probably does have uh, a, a job with her, but you you think like, oh, well, their body count then, basically. Like, they're gonna, you know, the demon's gonna fuck with them, but no, it's uh, it's kind of odd, really. Yeah, the, uh, the... All right, when they, you know, when the guy comes in and he says, oh, you haven't heard, Burke is dead? Yeah. I thought Burke was the old guy who worked in the house. Ah, right, yes. Because it wasn't him bringing the news, you know? It was some other guy who I didn't know who that was. So I thought yeah. they were talking about him. Yeah. Anyway, just yeah, it's the, the all those characters need to be fleshed out or get them out of the way or what, do something with it. But yeah, not what you actually mm. do. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's and yet yeah, the film won an Oscar for best adapted screenplay. Well, <laughs> but I I kind of want to talk about that because this is this is very much part of you know what is now called elevated horror, I guess. Um, meaning, um. Uh, meaning horror that kind mm. of breaks through into the mainstream, yeah. like in that it's like respected mm. as real cinema. Um, you know, it as I say, it's on IMDb's top two fifty currently. There's not a lot of horror movies on there. You know, you, you've got Alien, you've got uh, The Sixth Sense, but you know, you've not got you know. Night of the Living Dead isn't on there, for example. Um, hmm. And it was at the Oscars. And again, like horror movies never never turn up at the Oscars. Um, yeah, and know, it wasn't just... Is this like, wasn't just a little, you know, adapted screenplay nod. It was, what, eight? It was ten? a heavy... Yeah. Nomination or something? Yeah, yeah it was a heavy ten hitting nominations. film at the Oscars that year. Yeah, it was like a proper contender. And that's just not normal. And I, I, I don't really know... Do you have any idea as to why, like this particular film, broke through in that regard? Because, uh, well, I mean, it was obviously like incredibly popular, and I think that this was at a point where if you did have a big box office mm. smash, the Academy would take notice. Because this was uh, tied with The Sting as the most nominated film of the Oscars in 1974. Uh, and in major categories as well, you know, best well, picture, best director, screenplay. Ellen Bernstein was nominated. Um, Linda Blair, of course. Like it, it did. I, I think it. Um, well, it was seen as quite a almost pro-Catholic film in a way, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, and I do wonder how much of that pro-religious yeah. element of it helped it with these kinds of, you know, particularly in the U.S. Uh, but saying that, it's Catholicism, isn't it? And I don't know how 
Uh, by this point, they'd had Kennedy. He was a Catholic, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, they still like Catholicism in the 70s. Like They still had a lot of sway. Mm. Um, I've just looked through IMDb's Top 250 and dug out anything that I would consider a horror film, and there's not many of them. Alien, The Sixth Sense, The Thing, uh, The Exorcist. Wow. God. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, you guys watch the sequels? I've definitely no. seen bits of it uh, in the past, but I couldn't tell you much about it, uh, sequels-wise. Um, I know there's quite a few of them. I went through and watched them all once, and um, I mean, The Exorcist 2, famously dreadful, and it is. Uh, the mm. Exorcist 3 has a reputation for kind of being one of these under-appreciated sequels. It's got a lot of, like, cult followers. Um, I think it's shit. <laughs> like, really bad. I don't know what people are talking about. Uh, hmm. And then The Exorcist 4 and 5 are this, like, fascinating, um, fascinating, like, nubbins in Hollywood where they basically made a movie, um, took it out of the director's control, reshot most of it, uh, and then the, the, the new version did so badly that they ended up, like, releasing the original version as well. To try and recoup. I'm some fascinated. Money. Yeah, to, I mean, this is the main Paul reason Schrader. why I want to finally get through these films. Yeah, uh, Paul Schrader. I think Rennie Harlan was the. Lot. Right. Okay. I think Rennie Harlan was the director that was brought in. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Schrader yeah. was the original director who has a history of films being taken away from him by. Uh, he also has a history of being a bit of a crutchy old git. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but. There is a um, a new one in the works from uh, what's his name who directed the recent Halloween trilogy. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, they've already filmed oh. Ellen Bernstein's uh, bits because she's really old now, and uh, they didn't have a completed script, so they filmed her bits like six months ago. Wait, what uh, is she playing? Is um, she playing Pazuzu? There's no <laughs> so the same character. It's they're doing a similar thing that they did to Halloween, where it's kind of like a requel sort of uh, deal. So it's a continuation, but also going to be doing the film again. Basically, is what I understand. I'm mm. intrigued for that purely based on the director. Yeah, interesting. Mm. When's that happening then? Uh, I think they're filming now. I think it's potentially going to be released next Halloween. David Gordon Green, yes. David Gordon Green. Yes. Oh yeah, he's very yeah. interesting. I like him. Yeah, I think he's it's a, a very a, oh, it's a filmmaker. it's a Blumhouse. Mm. Yeah, well, it seems to be his next uh, Blumhouse project after finishing the Halloween films. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, that should be interesting because it's uh, despite this film's reputation, you would have thought it'd have more sequels to its name. To be honest, you would have thought it'd be like a Halloween or a Hellraiser or Children of the Corn, anything like that. You'd think it would either be a film with like no sequels or like yeah, a million of them. But I guess it came just mm. a bit before. It's pre-Star Wars, isn't it? So it's kind of before Hollywood yeah. had quite figured out the um, the machine, as it were. Uh, yeah, and I think you know every now and then, every few years, they try and. Well, this is this is more like the psycho um, style sequels, isn't it? You know, just years later, go. Oh, can, can we make some money out of that? Well, much like Psycho, mm. we probably should mention that for the last however many years, there was an Exorcist TV show um, on the go, which I've heard is very good. Uh, that God, ran... I, I had no idea about this. Do you know, it it oh. ran from, I say the last few years, it ran from 2016 to 2018, two seasons. 
Um, but I've heard very good things about it. Um, I think it got abruptly cancelled without like a proper ending, just to warn you. Um, Gina Davis is in it, Calvin. Oh, hmm. But I mean, you know, so they they made sequels. Um, they made The Exorcist two fairly swiftly in uh, nineteen seventy seven. Mm. Four years later, uh, then I think that film was so shit <laughs> that it kind of mm. killed the franchise in its tracks. Then they came back with mm. The Exorcist three in nineteen ninety. Let it cool off for a bit again. Uh, while that film has a cult following, it's pretty shit, and I don't think it's massively well regarded. So I don't think it like re-sparked the franchise. Uh, it lay dormant for another ten years, and then they tried again with that Exorcist prequel, and that was, you know, that's one of the most fascinating fuck-ups in like Hollywood history. The fact that the same movie got like released twice in different. Um, mm. it's the Zack Snyder's Justice League, like, before it happened, mm-hmm. basically. Um, yeah. And, yeah, that, I think, again, killed the franchise for ten years. Then they made a TV show. So it's just like every every ten years or so, they kind of take another shot at it. And I don't think the TV mm. show was successful um, either, so... Yeah. I guess it's difficult when the main selling point of it is something that is uh, not trademarkable, I suppose. Like other films have done exorcisms. Yeah, it's there's no character in here. There's no Jason. There's no Michael Myers. Even the uh, even the word exorcist. Like you can just you can do the exorcism of Emily Rose and like yeah, it's close enough. You know, it doesn't matter that if it's officially part of this canon or not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I guess it's difficult to... I've heard that... Uh, well, I don't know if Pazuzu factors into the other sequels. I know that that's the, that's the name that they gave to the demon after the first film. It's not in the first film, that name. But I don't know if that's the character that they're going to try and make the jigsaw. I don't think it's in the first film, is it? Oh. Huh, yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Actually, now you've said I that. don't remember a character ever saying it. Mm. Uh, Interesting. And, Hey, do you know what I just thought when you were talking about doing this with Seth Rogen? Yeah. David Gordon Green, he's, he's in with all that crowd, isn't he? The Rogen Franco lot. Well, Danny McBride. Danny, Danny McBride, McBride yeah. was, uh, yeah, one of the people who got the Halloween reboot off the ground. He wrote it with him, didn't he? The, mm. the first one. Is that right? Yeah, I think he's going to be writing on the Exorcist film. Oh, really? Is he a. Yeah. Could he be a Max von Sydow type? What, Danny McBride? <laughs> yeah. Well, he didn't put himself in those Halloween movies. I know, um, and a damn shame for it. <laughs> apart from, as I said in our episode where we covered it, I'm convinced that that is him doing the uh, the 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 vocal audio dubbing of one character very briefly at one point. Still can't find any confirmation of that either way. Speaking of Halloween, I was going to see Halloween Ends today, and I couldn't see it because uh, this film. Oh, I was going to ask you because I'd be interested to know what you think of it. Uh, I really loved it, but I don't. I, that's not a popular sentiment. I think I'm going to really like it because I completely forgot that I had this sentiment, but then I went back and looked on my letterbox review, and apparently Halloween Kills was my favorite Halloween movie up until, um, well, up until now, I guess. Uh, oh, interesting. You might like um, Ends then. I didn't like Kills when I first saw it, but I rewatched it before Ends, and it's uh, really gone up in my estimations, and it very much carries on from mm. 
that like the marketing is completely like the marketing is all Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers final showdown it is not that film <laughs> at all it's I'm not surprised that people are a bit annoyed by being hoodwinked by the marketing that way but um, I, See, I really I'll, I'll like that. connected that's, with what they did that's totally my thing just do some random fucking shit and pretend it's a Halloween movie brilliant yeah, which is exactly what they did. I mean, to be honest, like looking back on the whole trilogy, it feels like they were kind of forced to have Jamie Lee Curtis in it at all, and they could have just done it without her. But anyway, um, so it's an interesting relic, I think, of cinema for for the reasons I've gone into the the kind of way that it's a horror film that you know really permeated the mainstream and not in a kind of Blair Witch or Human Centipede like, hey, have you heard about this movie kind of way in like a legitimate people are going to go and see this film even though it's like they might not normally watch horror movies kind of way. Mm. It's Yeah, this is this, this is a film you, you know, your mum went to see uh, you know, this is the horror film. Yeah. yeah. Mm. On a date. And as we say, it was, you know, it's inarguably very um, influential. I, I really love demonic horror, just like conceptually. Uh, again, like I love the Evil Dead movies um, very much. And, you know, I, I love a lot of films playing in that territory. And this was, you know, th- there are films I could point to from the 60s and before this in the 70s that were doing that. But this inarguably kind of set the tone i think and a lot of the tropes were established here uh for what a demon movie is so i've got to give it some degree of credit i i think it's an interesting little artifact but it doesn't it just doesn't resonate with me as a film i don't find it particularly well i i do find i find portions of it very entertaining um but i find portions of it very dry and boring and it's mm. kind of like you have to sift through to get to the good shit for me. So um, I guess I'm going to jump into a a rating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but can I go last? Because I've not really decided what I'm going to give it yet. Well, I think I kind of largely agree with you, what you've said there. And obviously we've, we've picked it apart a little bit. But I think ultimately there is something about it that's very effective. And I was mm. drawn in and it was kind of like, I don't know about scary particularly, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to be thinking this film when I'm walking down to the bathroom in the middle of the night. You know, that's that's where the sixth sense gets me, right? <laughs> but um, but there's something about it that's very effective, and I think it's down to the character interactions. I think I like all that stuff. I like the naturalistic acting and the kind of realistic characters. Yeah. I actually find the, all the exorcism stuff and the demony bits a bit crap. Frankly, I'm not really into all that. Um, so, but yeah, it really works. Um, and I gave it an eight out of 10. Oh, wow. I think we all have the same, um, uh, broad reaction to this then. Cause I, I agree. Like, I think the film has a terrific mood and there's an atmosphere to it uh, that, that, that is really, uh, I found really engrossing. I, I wasn't bored at any point when I was watching it, even though there were long stretches where I felt like nothing was really happening. I suppose I wish that it had a bit of a tighter structure. I basically mm. wish that someone other than Friedkin had allowed Blatty to adapt his novel, because he was a screenwriter, like, mainly for comedies. He was a screenwriter on um, A Shot in the Dark, the Pink Panther film. Oh, Alan, um, you love that film. Yes, <laughs> I thought that when I saw that in the making of uh, 
Listeners, Alan Alan has been re-watching, or watching for the first time, I guess, all of the Pink <laughs> Panther movies mm. and, like, sending us angry WhatsApp messages just out the of the wor- blue. The we worst didn't... franchise I've ever watched. We didn't ask for any of this. <laughs> he just, he's just randomly been messaging us every now and then, like, fucking hate, fucking hate farce fucking hate peter sellers I'm, I'm looking forward to the steve martin years i think that's gonna really pick up oh. uh, so i i i guess that my issues with it are more screenplay based than mm. anything else uh because i i agree with alan i think there's a the naturalistic acting i think that the cast and the the quality of the performance really does elevate it the whole material um, I, despite that, I'm going to give it a seven because it does fall into a bit of that category of I admire it perhaps more than I enjoy it, even mm. though there are big swathes of it. But much like Alan, again, when it does get into the demonic stuff towards the end, I find that so much less effective than Ellen Bernstein hearing some scratching going on in the attic and that kind mm. of stuff, which I think is much scarier. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you as well. Like I typically, I love demonic shit with demons yelling and flying around and so on. But I think it's I think it's down to how it's shot here and handled. Because I I also kind of tune out. I don't really enjoy the full on supernatural side of this. And I I agree. I'm more interested in the characters and so on. Um, I just find it so dry for the first kind of hour before they get to the right let's get an exorcist like part of it um Mm. i don't know i i had this down as a seven out of ten and that was always a very weak like 6.5 rounded up kind of seven Mm. and i don't know if i want mm. (sighs) go on it's halloween it's, let's all, we're, we'll all be generous giving out our our treats <laughs> i'll i'll leave it as a 7 i was i was yeah. toying with knocking it down to a 6 but you know uh, one thing we haven't even spoken about yet is the um the music as well it's obviously mm. got an incredibly iconic uh theme tune um, mm. which is part of its legacy as well um you know it's a solid solid bit of music I prefer the music from Omen Two, uh, Omen Two, from Exorcist Two. That, uh, um, uh, God, uh, what's he called? My favorite composer, Ennio Morricone. Uh, I prefer the music yeah. he wrote for Exorcist Two. Uh, hmm. But you know, this is a pretty good theme as well. So yeah, all right, let's do it. Seven out of ten. Let's be. Hmm. All right. Well, there you go. I get that's pretty, pretty positive to say. I feel like we've been yeah. complaining for an hour. <laughs> Yeah, but I think I think like we say, I think we're all kind of maybe not so much Alan, but I f- I feel like a lot of it's more respect based than enjoyment based this time round. Hmm. And we typically we typically land on the side of fuck it when that happens. I think you know that we didn't <laughs> we weren't very nice about the Godfather and Blade Runner and stuff, but whatever, we'll be nice. We we've yeah. been away for five months. We can't come back and just be mm. nasty. So. <laughs> Well, when will you be back? Will I be when back with you we as well? We meet again. Are uh, we doing Christmas? I don't know. Christmas seems like a logical, logical one, doesn't it? Hooray. You want to do Christmas? What can we do? What's a good Christmas film? Miracle on Thirty Four. Die Hard Three. Santa Buddies. Oh, we're doing that, aren't we, Alan? Well, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> 
yeah, look out for us possibly discussing Santa Buddies in we the podcast We weren't even form. doing Santa Buddies, we were doing Space Buddies. You oh shit, you're right, we were doing Space, space Even though it was Christmas. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Sorry, we're, we might be talking about Space Buddies soon, Alan and I, for <clears> Christmas. That's um, why we should do Santa Buddies on here. Yeah, we should make it like a like a tie-in. <laughs> Calvin, are you lost? Uh, a little bit, yes. <laughs> but that's fine. I know that you're talking about that, those films with the dogs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's good. Uh, uh, Exorcist, eh? Oh, they should do a film called the exorcist but it's the x hyphen assist and it's about um matthew mcconaughey back in his rom-com phase mm-hmm. having to deal with his ex-girlfriend's ghost possessing uh someone in the house and he falls in he has to get the exorcist in she's only a bloody lady priest hey you see where this is going? No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> do they have lady priests yet? No, it's vicars, isn't it? They, they, yeah, they have lady. We do it an Anglican exorcism, and it's yeah, Don French <laughs> exorcising um, any whoever's still alive from the rest of that. I don't think there's any of them. James Fleet is the only one who's still alive in Vicar of Dibley. So it'll have to be him. <laughs> she exorcises him. And then she eats three dinners <laughs> by mistake for, for not yeah. wanting to and upset some, people. And she goes, exercise? Oh, I don't do exercise. <laughs> that's the big... That's the big... Hit, hit <laughs> oh, God. You should, Alan, you should sell that to Richard Curtis. That jo- You know, you can sell like jokes to hacky comedians a lot of the time. I reckon he'll buy that off you. <laughs> I'm surprised Vicar of Dibley hadn't done an uh, exorcist. So they must have done a joke at least. I think they've probably or... done that exact joke before, but it was just in like a normal Halloween episode or something. Um, yeah. Uh, if only there was a, a British sitcom expert here who could clarify. <laughs> no, no idea. I've just found a film on IMDb called The Sexorcist from 1974. Nice. Um, so that's back when porn was in cinemas, I guess, is it? Oh, yeah. Mm. A female reporter for an occult magazine investigates a story about a murderous devil cult. Mm. Mm. Starring... Like anything to do with exorcisms. <laughs> <laughs> starring Ava Gallant. Mm. French. They are dirty, those French. As Janice Lightning, <laughs> Lily Lamar as Diane Tracy, Diane Thunder, Kelly Guthrie as Professor Ernest von Kleinschmidt. <laughs> now that's a sitcom character. <laughs> um, wow, I want to check this out. We should have watched this instead. Yeah. Uh, do they? Do they do? I mean. Exorcisms happen in like basically every religion, to my knowledge. Like most religions believe in demons of some sort. That's don't because they? all so... religions have people in them who have mental illnesses. Yeah. So, <laughs> are there any are there any films you're aware of where it's not universal. where it's not a Catholic like thing? <laughs> hmm. Like I know Islamic, uh, uh, like um, 
exorcisms is quite a big thing, but I think they often think it's jinns rather than demons, but you know they're basically the same thing. Your Muslims but, not quite penetrated the Hollywood system yet. Have well, they? they they wouldn't want to make movies of it because, like, basically, if you're if you're Muslim, most Muslim people I've met actually believe in jinns and are scared of them, so they wouldn't want to make a film about it because it would be seen as like inviting a jinn to like fuck with you. It'd be like asking for trouble, but um, I, I mean, I can't think of any like Protestant exorcist movies either, or uh, I don't know. I guess there's stuff like Evil Dead where it's just kind of non-denominational, just just demons in it. I was really trying to think there, but yeah, like every like I think even exorcism of Emily Rose, yeah, all that kind Catholic, of stuff. I think, isn't all... it? Yeah, yeah. There you go, exorcist. Ding 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 Is that Halloween that I'm doing? Or is it the Exorcist? Yes! Yeah, no, that was Halloween. Exorcist No, wait. No, we're gonna get it. Bing bong, bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. All right, see ya. Right, bye.